0: Warning, this podcast contains explicit language because Black Lives Matter. Today's story is about prejudice and profiling and my entire blindness to it as a kid and a young adult. As I've said in the podcast before, my schooling up until I was a freshman in college was entirely private, religious, Catholic schooling. And the most diversity we had was one half black student in the entire school. And the rest of us were white. We would go to these sporting events and we would even participate in the sports. And everyone else around the city is way more diverse than we are because we're a private Catholic religious school. So they had black people, they had Asian, they had Native American. They had a wide, much more widely diverse student population than we did. So I grew up with very little diversity. But when I got to college, I made friends with a much more diverse group of people because I went to a public university, which is where I met my friend Jake, where I also got to experience firsthand the prejudice that he faces for the first time. And I realized that I had been blind to it my entire time at school because I was not exposed to anything like this. So a little bit of background on Jake before we get started. First off, he was a black man that was there on scholarship. He was a 21st century scholar and he was the first in his family to go to college, much like I was as well. His dad died when he was young and his mom raised him with his stepdad. And they did fairly well, they were fairly well off. I mean, I loved going over to their family house because my family house was such a shit show that I didn't want to show up to my house some of the time. And on Thanksgiving break one year, Jake invited me and his mom invited me down to their house. And I jumped at the chance because I wouldn't have to spend it with my family, who can be very crazy at times. So we're traveling down south to Jake's house and as we're driving down we're taking Jake's car because his car is much more fancier than mine and when I say fancy I mean that his car didn't break down constantly and it was the most dependable most reliable truck uh, that we could have asked for. So Jake's driving his car and we pull into this gas station and he gives me this look and he says I need you to get out and pump the gas for me. And I give him a dirty look back and I say to him, I know that your family is probably better off than mine, but you can pump your own fucking gas because I might not be as rich as you, but this is your fucking car and you need to put your own fucking gas in it. He gives me a look I've never seen before and he says, no, you don't understand. I can't get out look at all these white people and all the dirty looks they're giving us i call him out on it and i say that's bullshit you just want to stay in here where it's warm instead of getting outside where it's cold and he again gives me that same look he's like look bud i can't we're just gonna have to go to a different gas station and i'm like no we're gonna i'll pump the gas it'll be fine give me your credit card i'll pump the gas for you and he's like okay so i get out to pump the gas And these people give me looks, and I'm like, whatever. Bunch of college, two college kids on the road, and I go to put the card in, and it says, pay inside only. So I'm like, damn it. So I go inside to pay. So I walk inside to pay, and as soon as I get up to the cash register, the guy behind the counter says, is he your chauffeur? And I gave him a weird look, and I said, no, he's my friend and he's the one who's driving the car. And I asked him to put $20 in the tank for me or $20 on the pump for me. And he's like, okay. And then I went back outside and I was cleaning off the windshield and I didn't pay attention to the pump as well as I should have. And it came out to be like $23 instead of $20. And so I cut it off. And I go back inside to pay and to get snacks because Jake said he wanted a snack and I wanted a drink. Uh, This is back when Full Throttle Orange was a big thing. And I remember trying to get those every gas station I could go to. So I go back inside to pay the extra $3 or whatever it was. And I go and get Jake his snacks. And as I come back up, the guy behind the counter goes, why doesn't that N-word get out and come in himself? And I look at him with a dumbfounded look and I say, because he was afraid you were a fucking racist and he didn't know what to say to me. So I left the drink and the snack there on the counter and I threw three $1 bills at him and I said, keep the fucking change and I stormed out of the store and got into the car and Jake could see that something had happened and he started asking me about it and I started telling him how the guy called him an N word and that he wanted you to get your own fucking snacks and he asked why you wouldn't get out of the car and I told him it was because we were afraid that he was a racist, which he was, and I'm just blown away by the whole incident and Jake's giving me this look of, oh yeah, that fucking happens all the time. And he tells me, oh, yeah, that fucking happens all the time. I said, what the fuck? How do you live like that? I didn't even realize this was a thing that occurred. And I asked him, like, what would you do if you were alone? And he goes, I wouldn't go there. I'd go somewhere else. And I said, okay, but what if you're super low on gas and you had to stop there to get gas because there's no more gas for the rest of the time? He goes, well, I would have to leave because they wouldn't service me. Or if they did, I would be afraid of who would come down the stretch later on, or who they could run my car off the road and shit like that. And I realized that Jake lived in an entirely separate world than I had for the last 18 years. And I will never know what it is like to do that. And I would hate going through life like that. I wasn't even the one it was pointed towards. And I was upset. So Jake helped put things in perspective for me and the struggle that black people go through. And I know that this is in no way comparable to what he has experienced in his life. And this one incident gave me a brief glimpse into what he does and what he deals with. And it forever changed me. I can't imagine if I had been the one it was pointed towards. So Jake and I grow up, he shares with me some other incidents and I help him get through it. And he helps me understand it from his perspective. And I realized that I've had this bias in my life that I didn't even realize i had. I had this blindness that I didn't see what he saw. I didn't live in the same America as he did. And he, showed me or helped widen the scope of my uh, view and this really changed again for me whenever i was much older and i experienced being profiled for the first time now i'm a fairly large white man and i'm sick and i'm coughing and i've got what i think is just a head cold but i've got So much pressure built up in my sinuses that I can't stand it. So I called a pharmacist friend of mine and she says, hey, you should get the 12-hour Sudafed. It'll help relieve your pressure and clear up the headache and stuff that you're getting. So I go to the CVS and I look around and I'm looking on the shelves and I just can't find it. And she told me a very specific type of Sudafed and I can't find any of it. I found other versions, but I just want that 12 hour Sudafed. So I leave the pharmacy and I call her back and I say, Look, I looked all over that store for 12 hour Sudafed and I cannot find it. And she says, You fucking moron. It's behind the counter. The pharmacist has to give it to you. Oh. So I go back into the CVS pharmacy, I go up to the counter. And I asked the lady that's behind the counter, hey, in a very nasally voice, I'm like, hey, can I please have some 12-hour suit of head to relieve this pressure that's in my head? And she looks at me, and she says, I'm sorry, but the lady who was in front of you, she literally just took the last one. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to any other pharmacy around here that could have it. And she goes, oh yeah, the other pharmacies will have it. So I leave the store, and as I leave the store, I look at the time, and the time's getting close to where the other pharmacies are gonna start closing. So I rush to these other pharmacies. I go into another CVS store that's less than a mile away, go to another CVS store, I walk in, and the pharmacy is pulling the stuff closed. And I, as they're pulling it close, I said, no, wait, can I have some? And then boom, closed off. I understand they were two minutes behind closing time, whatever. I've worked retail before. And if we're already past closing time, dealing with another customer is a no go. And I understand. So I look online and I find this local pharmacy. That's like a mom and pop pharmacy. And I call them and they said, oh yeah, we got Sudafed in. And so I go to that store. And as I go to that store, I give them my ID and stuff like that. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, but we are actually out. And I'm like, oh my God, I called you earlier. And she says, yeah, but we're out completely right now. Uh, Maybe come back tomorrow. You can get some. Okay. I'll try another pharmacy. So I call up another pharmacy, Walmart pharmacy, and I talk to them, but I get a recording and the recording says that they're closed, that their hours have changed and they closed right now. So I call my pharmacy friend back up and I say, hey, I can't find this 12-hour Sudafed. And she says, go back to the 24-hour CVS, use my name and talk to the lady behind the counter because she knows the lady that works there. So I get back to the CVS, 24-hour CVS that I originally started at and there's like eight people in line now and I have to sit and wait in an eight person line to get through to the pharmacist. A line dwindles down to just me and this old lady in front of me who I swear to God is getting the entire fucking family's pharmacy stuff for the day and she goes through a consultation with the pharmacist and I'm playing on my phone. I'm half listening just to make sure I know when it's my turn. And the pharmacist is consulting with her. And when at the end of the consult, the old lady asks for 12-hour Sudafed, And I prepare for a, oh, I'm sorry, but we're out. But instead, the pharmacist says, oh, yeah, would you like one? Package or two packages. And that's when I look up from my phone. And I think to myself, what in the actual fuck is going on here? Now I'm just ready for my turn and I'm ready for that pharmacist to talk to me and I'm going to ask her all about it. But then I think to myself, if I do all that, then I might not get the drug. So I, I go up my turn, and I say, I'd like a package of 12-hour Sudafed, please. And she hands me it and charges me. And I leave there pissed because I didn't get to say anything to her. But I come up with this. I look at those receipt, and there's a little survey at the bottom. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking call the survey people and talk to the people in charge and complain about this woman. So I call up my pharmacist friend and explain to her what happened. And she says, oh, you were profiled. And I'm listening and I'm like, what do you mean profiled? She goes, oh, the lady thought that you were going to use it for meth and sell it for meth money. And I think to myself, I don't look anything like a meth addict. And she says, no, but you look desperate. And I said, what about the nasally voice and all the stuffed up that I am? And my pharmacist friend says, yeah, people fake that shit all the time to try to get Sudafed out of you. And then I tell her about my experience at the mom and pop shop. And she tells me, yeah, she probably called the mom and pop shop and told them that you were coming and to look out for you. That's when I realized I had been profiled for the first time in my life about someone with a preconceived notion of what I am and judged me for what I looked like and how I acted and judged me to be a bad member of society. That triggered this whole cascade of emotions. And I thought about my buddy Jake in the time we went to the gas station. The guy called him an N-word. So I called Jake up and I explained to him what happened. He said, I'm a fucking moron and an asshole to think that that little uh, happened to him or happens to him. I was like, What do you mean? He goes, That shit happens to me all the time. That's just a little shit. He goes, You wouldn't be able to handle the big shit that goes on. He goes, You do it. This happens to you one time and you think it's worth a phone call to me about it. And he says, You. Fucking idiot to even think that. I tell him that I didn't realize how rough or how bad it truly was. And he says, No, and you never will understand. He goes, These little things that happen to you, they're a trickle in the bucket compared to anything that happens to black Americans. So, this story and stories like it really affects me and my teaching and my students. I try to use my privilege to help my students and be an advocate for them to help them out. It even goes as far as trying to defend my students from these people that are racist and they live in our city. About four years ago, we did a fire drill at the school I'm in. And as we exit this fire for the fire drill, The kids all have to be really far away from the school and there's this giant drop off hill. So we have to be really far away from the school. So we have to get everyone out on the sidewalk and we can't be on the road. So we have to be everyone out on the sidewalk at one time. And as we're coming back in, this person yelling on the front porch says, don't let your inward students touch my fucking car. I about lose it. I walk towards them onto their porch and I I have words with them. And I said, do you live here? What's your name? And how dare you say that shit to my students who are minding their own business. They don't want to touch your little piece of shit car. And my students actually come after me and pull me back. I had to tell them that whenever I see that stuff happening, I can't let it go anymore. I have since started using my privilege to help out people who I will never be able to relate to. So I've become a pretty big proponent of speaking about inequality in my school and about speaking to a bunch of white people about the inherent biases that we can carry with us even though we don't even know that we have them. And that is the end of my story for today. And if you liked it, please hit the like and subscribe button so you can listen to more. The music today was provided by the Super Continents. Our website is midweststorytime.com. And until I see you next time, remember to keep looking up.